Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Oh, Pater! Pater! Penn State wins their season opener on the road at Purdue 35-31 in a absolutely fascinating football game. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Paydirt, a Penn State football show, along with former Penn State and NFL quarterback Matt McGloin. I'm Tom Hannafin. This show was brought to you by our sponsors, Funk Brewing, the official craft beer partner of Paydirt. Now, we're big fans of Funk Citrus IPA and Silent Disco IPA, but don't forget, our official beer, the Paydirt IPA, will be available in Funk's tasting rooms by September 8th, and it will be in beer distributors by and grocery stores by September 16th. Funk has so many great beers to choose from at their tap rooms in Emmaus, Elizabethtown, and York in Pennsylvania. You can find a variety of Funk Brewing beers at your favorite beer distributor and grocery store. Visit funkbrewing.com to learn where and how you can get their fantastic products. Must be 21 years or older to purchase. Please drink responsibly. Also, Pater is brought to you by our partners at Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports contests and events with first-to-market odds and lines. Find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, Baseball, the NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information from live in game betting to props and futures. Head to betonline.ag today or use your mobile device to join and place your first bet. Use our promo code BELIEVE50, that's B L E A V 50, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Paydirt is presented by Bet Online, where the game starts. Also, we invite you to head to shop.believe.com. That's shop.believe.com and search Paydirt for our two t shirts. One has the official show logo over the heart. It comes in white, navy blue, and black. And the other is a navy blue t shirt. It has the Paydirt wordmark over the heart. And on the back, circa the 2012 Penn State football season, it has Matt McGloin's name and number. It's very fitting as this season of Nittany Lion football marks the 10 year anniversary anniversary of that team again head to shop.believe.com that's shop.believe.com and search pater for our two t-shirts matt um wow this game was stressful frustrating uh annoying exciting uh i don't there's so many ways for me to describe this and we're recording this literally seconds after the game ended so it's all very very fresh um i'm gonna start where everyone thinks we should start sean clifford what what was going on? And I heard it described as uh, the everything went off the air as a a bipolar game for Sean Clifford. There were some some highs in the the, the early yeah. part of the first half, and then he comes out for a bit, and he comes back, and maybe it's the knee. I, I read somewhere that there were cramps. Uh, allegedly, James Franklin said he was dealing with cramps, and then leads this drive at the end of the game to win it. What what was going on? Yeah, Tom. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I, I, again, as you mentioned, we're, we're recording this minutes, you know, after that game just finished up and I'm still trying to process what I just watched over the past three and a half, four hours or so. I mean, look, uh, what a fantastic way to finish that game on oh, the yeah. road to be able to put a drive together to remain calm and to march down the field the way they did. I mean. So impressive. I mean, that's what we expect to see. 
from a Penn State team, from a Penn State offense. Um, but you mentioned Sean Clifford, and I, I couldn't, as the game went on in that third quarter and in that fourth quarter, I couldn't help but think of Drew Allar playing earlier in the game. Hmm. And he, he the moment didn't look too big for him. Let's just say that he, he made some nice throws. It looked like he was calm. So as that game went on and Sean was struggling in certain moments, I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, okay, Penn State, you've created a bit of a problem here with your quarterback situation, right? The way Sean was playing, putting Alar in the game and, and seeing him throw the ball, seeing him be in that huddle, be in that environment, especially on the road, right? He looked okay. Mm-hmm. But again, you know, the experience, the sixth year of Sean Clifford, having been in that moment before and leading his team down the field when it mattered. You have to give a ton of credit to him, you know, not just for that drive, but to be able to keep the team together throughout that entire game and to be able to deliver in that moment. Sean Clifford finishes the game 20 of 37, 282 yards, an interception four passing touchdowns Mm -hmm. and a rushing touchdown. Now, if you looked at that (laughs) game and not seen the touchdowns, you wouldn't have really believed that that was a five touchdown effort. It it was really, it it was just odd. And you talked about it, like when Sean came back from the locker room uh, in the third quarter and then into the fourth quarter, he looked off. And and there was speculation during the broadcast from Joel Klatt that if it was indeed a left knee injury, him trying to plant on that leg, deliver with a throw, that's going to be a problem. The accuracy was off. And then just the dude flipped a switch, 6 of 7, 72 yards, and leads a touchdown drive with minutes to go. Purdue squandered that at the end. I mean, the clock management was absolutely terrible. Um, I, I want to come back to what you said about Drew Aller. And listen, you and I talked about it on uh, the, the preview episode of, of this show that we did uh, of this game where we talked about Drew Aller being named the number two quarterback and the concern of him potentially going in because Christian Veyer had looked good last year in the game against Rutgers, and a lot of people speculated Veyer could be the backup this year. Uh, according to James Franklin, Drew Aller earned the number two spot for week one, week one only. And when he got into the game, I agree with you. That one drive, he looked fine. And Joel Klatt pointed out the very, um, the very astute that it was a learning opportunity, stepping up in man coverage, and he sailed a pass. Uh, by two of his receivers, really. And he's going to see that the next time out. It was enough, not necessarily that you're saying, you know, I, I saw plenty of people on social media being like, oh, we're done with Clifford. We have to go to Aller now, like for the rest of the season. It's like, uh, uh, <laughs> calm down, calm down. But I did see merit in Aller staying in the game because Purdue has no tape on this kid. Purdue was clearly backing off in coverage with Aller, not necessarily knowing how to attack him. Once Clifford got back in the game and clearly was physically uh, in trouble, Purdue knew what to do. Purdue knew how to limit Sean Clifford, and they were doing that for the bulk of the game. It was either get pressure on him or, hey, go ahead and beat us. We're going to drop seven guys in coverage and and play defense, And and they made Sean Clifford beat them at times. But to Clifford's credit, he beat him in the end. It's just confounding. Yeah, I mean, look, Purdue's going to win a lot of football games this year, right? We, 100%. We, we, we talked yeah. about on the pre on the preview show here. I've talked a lot about Purdue on SiriusXM, you know, Big Ten Radio as well. I think it's a team that even though they lost today, they can still go on and win nine, maybe ten games. It's a good football team. Um, but you're right, time time management, game management, situational football for Purdue, especially towards the end of that game 
was brutal. They didn't trust the run, even though they ran it pretty well for a team. Durrell looked good. Yeah, for Durrell a team good. that was the worst team in the Big Ten a year ago in running the football. They actually ran it um, pretty well tonight. But um, but going back to what you were saying about Drew Allar, uh, you know, and again, we only have a few plays that we can break down here. You know, and that's why it, you can't jump to conclusions. You can't. It's you such can't. a small sample size. I mean, and the the only throw the throw I'm thinking about right now is the one where he stepped up in the pocket and he threw it behind his wide receiver. The ball kind of right, but the ball kind of came out of his hand, crooked and wobbled out. I mean, that that's I go back to that that was some of the stuff he was doing in the spring game. Right, pushing up in the pocket and dealing with accuracy issues there. So, like, there, there's still things he clearly still needs to work on, Tom. But when they put when they put him in the game, I was shocked. I yeah. really, really was because when they were seeing when they were showing Sean Clifford, um, you know, running off the field with his helmet off, and they were showing Drew Allen, I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, no way, no way, they're putting this kid. In. It's going to be Vayer. It's going to be Vayer. Sure enough, he runs out in the field. But again, I was really impressed with his ability to stay calm. It looked like he was confident and it looked like it was just another day at the office for him. I, th- I thought immediately the, the way the game plan had to shift for Purdue's defense of unless somebody on that team went deep into his high school tape and was really, yeah. really prepared for Drew Aller, which uh, you know the coaching staff's better than I do, but there's got to be some poor assistant who's digging up Medina high school football tape uh, to get a nice idea what Drew Aller is like. <laughs> Um, and Drew stepped in. I love that post-corner uh, post route completion to Tyler Warren. Good throw. Right on the fingertips. Warren brings it in. In zone coverage between two guys. That's the accuracy that has been hyped. Well, it was broken up. The play got broken up, but it was still a really good throw. You know, like, it was still. No, the one to Warren, he, he completed. There was another one to Warren I'm blanking on. I know what you're talking about. I'm thinking of the corner um, route. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but, I mean, there, there, was, there was meat on the bone, so to speak. Yeah. Um, and this is just unfortunately something we've seen with Sean Clifford for, for, especially for the bulk of last season, where it was like, if he's hurt, what's the threshold for James Franklin of now I yank him? Mm -hmm. It's, it's scary because you just don't know how deep into the season that you're going to allow an injured Sean Clifford to continue competing. Yeah. And you had, and look, look for three and a half, almost four quarters of the game. You ha- you would have had that problem next week, Tom. What do we do yeah. moving forward here? But Sean delivered when he had to. He stepped up when he had to. Um, you know, and I think it was one of those things where, as a quarterback, you go out in that moment and think to yourself, "I have nothing to lose here. Mm-hmm. I I have to lead this team. We have to win this football game for me to keep my job. We have to win this football game. I want to prove that I am and I have been the best mm-hmm. quarterback for this football team." And he did that. He did a really nice job. And speaking of uh, freshmen like Drew Aller, um, the other freshman on the field, Nick Singleton and Katron Allen, mm. as advertised. What did you really? think of those two? I was really impressed. Uh, you know, one of the things we talked a lot about was what would that rotation look like? What would that combo of those running backs look like? I thought Mike Gersich did a fantastic job with it. I really did. I was really impressed with the way he used those guys, especially early in the game. Um, mm. And even Devin Ford. We saw Devin Ford get in the game yeah, as well, a little bit, and uh, and contribute. So if you can continue to use those guys the way they use them tonight, it's going to continue to get better and better and better. Um, 
but really impressed with the way that those two young bucks ran the football. I think they see the field really well. I was impressed because one of the things we talked about was pass pro. Do you trust them enough to put them in obvious passing situations or, or situations where you know percentages of Purdue dialing up a blitz are high? Do you trust them to be on the field for that? Um, and we saw Singleton pick up a cornerback blitz like it was nothing. Seeing where it was coming from, Early. understanding understanding what his job was, and he was able to do that. So really impressed with the way they ran. I thought they ran hard. I thought they ran smart. They took care of the football. Um, you know, And it seems like those guys are all feeding off one another. And to have that in week one is a special thing. To your point about uh, splitting the load, Catron uh, Allen, eight carries for 31 yards. Nick Singleton, 10 carries for 31 yards. Kevon Lee, nine for 30 um, overall, Penn State, 98 yards on the ground. So it's still that hangover from last season of it was something they were talking about on the broadcast about how Purdue's running game with DeRoe was very complimentary to what they were doing passing. Mm -hmm. And they hell, what's his name? O'Connell threw the ball nearly 60 times. So you're not you're not going to go to that type of volume. But at the same time, getting some complimentary run production to help out Sean Clifford and to help out this offense. That needs to develop as the season goes on. The concerning thing for me, and we talked about it in the preview for this Purdue game, is that this is not the best run defense you're going to face all season. And personally, I would have liked to have seen a little bit more Nick Singleton. There are points, especially mm -hmm. in the third, fourth quarter, where Kevon was getting in there but just doesn't have the same burst as Singleton does, as Allen does. I would have liked to have seen those guys just a little bit more. But to Kevon's credit, he got involved in the passing game. Hell, he caught a touchdown pass. Right. I don't think we would have seen that out of Kevon Lee last year. You know, that, that was a nice addition to his game. And, and it all comes back around to, you know, outside of quarterback, the next biggest question for this offense is the performance of the offensive line. So as you watch that unit play throughout the night, how did you feel about it? A lot better. I really did. I thought pass pro was really good. I thought Sean had a lot of time to throw the football um, in this game tonight. Um, it just looked different. Right. It looked like kind of uh, they were in sync. Right. They were they were they were playing with one another. It seemed like everybody was on the same page. Um, they knew what they were doing. It looked like they were communicating well. They knew what their responsibilities were. Look, they knew what their job was. Um, it just looked different than than what we saw a year ago. You didn't have guys pointing fingers, guys yelling at one another. Guys were just playing football. They knew what they were supposed to do. It seemed like they were well prepared for this Purdue defense tonight, Tom. And that now moving forward, after we've seen that here in week one, I expect to see it week in and week out. And I now expect you to continue to get better and better and better. Um, because that, again, even early on in the game, that's something I was thinking about when I'm watching. I'm like, man, he's got a lot of time to throw the football tonight. And again, this Purdue, this Purdue defense is good. Right, and I understand. Like when when you look at that, it's like you look for you know well, that's a that could be a coverage sack, that could be a coverage sack. Like he had the ball for a long time. Purdue was mm -hmm. playing very well, um, you know, especially in the back end there. Um, but yeah, moving forward, pass protection was good. Obviously, it'll continue to get better. Um, but one of the things you you mentioned, I want to touch on real quick before we move on. You mentioned the run game. That guys were getting positive yardage, but the offensive line still needs to continue to do a better job of working to the second level so yes. that these running backs can continue to create downfield and get more explosive runs. Something Penn State wasn't able to have tonight was those big explosive breakout runs downfield. 
Bryce Effner did come in at right tackle after a while for Caden Wallace. Um, I did not see if that was due to injury uh, in the game. Again, we're, we're recording this minutes after the game ended. So um, if that was a decision based on game plan, uh, we're going to cover that in the weeks to come. But that could be a small tweak for them. Um, so some positivity with the offensive line. But by no means are they blowing anybody off the ball. That, um, that quarterback sneak not a, not the sneakiest sneak you know not like what you did back in the day but like uh they got two yards it took them a few seconds but they eventually got there and it's like okay great you want to see them blowing guys off the ball um i don't know if this offensive line is going to do that um there are other defensive lines within the big 10 that are going to put up more of a fight than what you saw from this purdue uh defensive front so work in progress, but there was definitely some encouraging aspects to it. And I think I, uh, Singleton and Allen behind that help. I was so excited when I saw the quarterback sneak. I know you were. <laughs> I know. But, I, but like when, it, when they snapped, I'm thinking to myself, from the two? From the two? Quarterback I know, sneak? That was from my worry two? too. Uh, but dude, but like that, like that is. It was like is one Mississippi, two Mississippi, not, three Mississippi, four. But and now it's there. Now it's yeah. there. It's on tape. The threat of it is there now if you're a defensive coach. Not not last year, the year before, or for how many you know years in a row it's been since Penn State was just playing shotgun short yarder situations or goal line situations. Now they're playing under center a little more, which was very exciting to see. When you inch down towards the goal line, if you're a defensive lineman, if you're a linebacker, if you're a defensive coordinator, think to yourself, all right, the threat of a sneak is there, so I have to honor it. Right, I have to bump down. We 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 have to bring everybody together just for the threat of that. More teams do that, the more opportunities you can have. The more you, I can run outside zone. I can do this. I can do that. I can do whatever I want. Um, but I'm glad they did that. I'm glad they did it right here in week one. Let's talk about pass catchers, uh, wide receiver. What were your takeaways from the likes of Tinsley, Washington, Lambert Smith? Um, certainly explosive guys. Real potential to be very explosive um and the potential to be some of the best in the big 10 i wish they got them involved earlier in the game it seemed like it took a little while for those guys to get going and and for sean and uh you know those wide receivers to kind of develop that connection um but you can see flashes of it of how good it can be with with lambert smith tim uh, tinsley parker washington i again even the tight ends I wish they got them involved earlier in the game, but you just see the potential of the wide receivers and the tight end group and like how dynamic of playmakers they are and how good they can good they can be. It's just like there's talent everywhere, Tom, but it's just about it's about finding how you can make it all click. I was really encouraged to see Mitchell Tinsley uh, look like he belonged. Um, yeah. Seven catches, yeah. ultimately uh, came in with a touchdown, 84 yards uh, receiving. Uh, Keandre Lambert-Smith had an up-and-down night, four catches, 58 yards, uh, a touchdown, several drops. And it's just, when is Keandre going to make that leap? And I think that's what the coaching staff is waiting for. Well, so you see that broken tackle and then the speed. Yeah. Yeah, like that was that, great. Like, the, the break uh, for the touchdown was amazing. That, but that's like one of those moments where you look at, like he makes that play, right? He, he breaks away from the tackle, and then he just takes off, and it's like a different gear, and it's like nobody n nobody on that field is going to catch him. You see that, but then you see some of the other things when he struggled throughout the course of that game, and you're kind of scratching your head a little bit. But if it's a guy, if you're number three, 
can be that guy and he can just be consistent week in and week out. I mean, it's a dangerous combination, especially when you have a guy like Washington Tinsley, you know, ahead of you on that depth chart. Are you a fan of rivalries? Are you a fan of smack talk? Do you like to stand out from the crowd at tailgates? If so, head over to Smack Apparel and check out what their team is geared up for this football season. Their Let There Be White tee is the perfect gear for those famous whiteout games at Beaver Stadium. Or get straight to the point with the worst tee for all the Ohio State haters out there. Smack Apparel makes the gear that'll have everyone asking where you got it. They have the must-have tees for all your teams, including pro football, baseball, basketball every fan is covered head over to their website smackapparel.com and use the promo code paydirt at checkout for 10 percent off again that's smackapparel.com promo code paydirt at checkout why wear boring when you can wear smack flat should describe your tv not your tv sound experience your entertainment like never before with the new sonos ray this compact and easy to use soundbar puts you at the center of shows movies games and more with crisp highs and precisely balanced bass breeze through setup with help from the sonos app you can even use your own remote for control and when the tv is off stream music radio podcasts and audiobooks from all your favorite services visit sonos.com that's s-o-n-o-s.com to learn more uh parker washington uh, i'm glad you mentioned him parker washington relatively quiet in terms of catching the ball um finished the night with uh two catches for 30 yards got involved in a variety of jet sweeps but he was the punt return guy and this is something you and i talked about on the preview episode before this uh before this game is how is that gonna look and i have to say and this is nothing against Jahan dotson it's just there was more production out of punt return in this game than we saw customarily last season do you think that is because washington does something drastically different than dotson or just something that you saw in the way maybe purdue was covering things what do you think yeah i mean look for me like being a returner being on punt return is all about positive yards right get north south we don't need a guy back there who's going to dance we don't need a guy back there who's going to try to create or try to do this or you know, try to do that. Get the ball. Try to get north south. There's, there's a crease. Take it. Understand where your blockers are going to be. Um, you know, protect the football. Get us positive yards. Right. We want to play offense. We don't want to start. You know, further back from where you're catching the ball. We, we want guys who understand what, you know, what it means to be a punt return guy. That's all. I, I don't think you know when it comes to you know. Uh, who's supposed to be back there. I don't think it should be a difficult thing. You put one of your better athletes back there, one of your better wide receivers, somebody that can create, somebody who has good hands, but also somebody who's smart enough to know, all right, I just need positive yardage. And if I do have a crease, I can take it. But if not, let's move forward. Let's get our offense out here. Let's go play ball. Um, What I will say about Parker Washington, on the offensive side of the ball and at the wide receiver position, I, I mentioned this about some of the wide receivers, you know, there, there has to be an emphasis on getting him the ball and getting him the ball early. Yes, and and I don't care, and I don't care how you do it, or, or if you want to throw him jet sweeps, uh, bubbles, right? You know, one step smoke routes, whatever it is. That kid needs to see the ball early, and he needs to see the ball often. However, you want to do it when you script plays, whether you're script, scripting. 12, 15, 20 plays, whatever it may be, and you're throwing it 12 times of the 20 plays, well, five of them need to be targets for him, right? He has to get the ball. 
he's too explosive to not see the ball constantly in your offense, right? You know, I, I've talked a lot before um, about some of the offenses that I've been a part of and some of the playmakers we have and how you develop plays around them, develop plays around what they do well, what routes they do well, right? And then you you build the concept from that. That's what they need to be doing with Parker Washington, right? You know, if he's running a deep over route, all right, let's put Parker Washington in the slot here. Let him run the deep over, and then let's build build the rest of the concept around that. The play is meant to go to him. They need to do more of that moving forward. Yeah, there's 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 good flashes there, and I think the thing that I really was happy with again, Tinsley picked up the slack. Somebody else was there to pick mm-hmm. up the slack, and then it's not saying that Parker Washington underperformed tonight at all. But you had Brenton Strange getting involved, and there was consistency going to Brenton Strange, and he had an up and down night as well. But he came up with a touchdown. He came up with a pair of catches, and he get a couple from Tyler Warren. Um, Theo Johnson made the trip, but did not dress. He was on the sideline in street clothes. So we'll learn more about that as this following week goes by. And then, as I mentioned before, you had Kevon Lee, Devin Ford, and Katron Allen all got involved uh, in the passing game. That's something you didn't see a lot last season. It's frankly not something you saw a lot in 2020 very much at all. That was something a lot last season, Matt, that like it was John Lovett or bust in the passing game. Yeah. And uh, I'm really thrilled to see you know a lot of different guys getting involved. And hell, Nick Singleton's going to get in the mix there as well. Um, I like the diversity of the things they were asking the tight ends to do. The little bubble screens uh, that were, you know, right there for Tyler Warren, and then Brenton Strange is able to get deep on corners and win those mismatches. Like there was just some little things that Mike Yursich, granted, yeah, well, you've seen him before from him, but at the same time, putting these guys in situations where they can win those matchups and win in space, that was really big. It was much more of a pro style type offense tonight. I thought. Um, it, 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 yes and no. It felt a little Galen Hall. It felt a little uh, early in the game. It, it felt a little bit, uh, you know, run heavy, run to set up the pass, which I'm fine with. I'm totally fine with that. Yeah, yeah. And then it ebbed and flowed. Second quarter, it got a little pass heavy, got away from the run, settled back in in the third. It's kind of the usual riz- rhythms that you see in a football game where you're getting towards, you know, halftime. So it's like, oh, we got to try and eat up some chunks of yardage here. But I, I see what you're saying in terms of the diversity of the route tree. It's just exactly, it's not what we saw last year from Mike Yersich. It was a lot more balanced, right? It was a lot more, you know, play action here at times. Run, 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 you know, quick play action. Let's set something up here. Let's go quick game here, something like that. So I thought, you know, he used a good bulk um, of his playbook in the game plan tonight. Basically, you know, let's let's put everything out there. Let's see what works for us. Um, you know, and again... You know, I know we talked, um, you know, a lot about Purdue. You know, on the preview there because they deserve it because I think again they're going to be a good football team. But when I look at this, Penn State did a fantastic job. I'm not taking anything away from Penn State, but in a lot of ways, Tom, I think Purdue let this one get out of their hands. Especially with that last drive, there were a couple yeah. killer penalties uh, against Purdue that did give opportunities to Penn State. Um, and, and let's not forget that fumble right at the end of the second quarter, recovered yeah. by Joey Porter Jr., and all of a sudden Penn State marches down and, and, and uh, beats the, the, the points total in the first half, by the way. So that had to piss off a lot of people, which was fun. But at the same time, there were the right opportunities at the right moments, and Purdue just didn't capitalize. So, uh, on the flip side, you know, we talked about Penn State's offense. Let's let's chat about their defense here. 
Aiden O'Connell, uh, he he got his points, so to speak. He got his yardage. He got his completions. He was connecting with Charlie Jones left and right, which was surprising in that I think you and I were expecting the Payne Durham show, the Brock Thompson show. Brock Thompson obviously went out at one point with an injury, sustained in a tackle by Joey Porter Jr. Um, what did you think about the Penn State defense? Early on, I was a little nervous for them. Yeah. You know, you know what I'm saying? Just because I knew of how how explosive this pass offense was, how good some of those wide receivers uh, are, that matchup inside with Payne Durham versus safeties versus linebackers. Um, you know, so I was interested to see how Penn State was going to handle that. Um, I can't believe they continued, and Joel Clapp mentioned this. I can't believe they continued to try to go at Joey Porter. I I can and I can't. Joey. Joey had an up and down game. I, I and like honestly, I, I respect that the you know the commentary team is hyping up a potential first round draft pick. Yeah. Joey's got a first round body, first round athletic ability. There are still those plays out there where it's holding sure. penalties, getting handsy, yeah. being out of position. He was getting burned a lot in the first half. He still came yep. up with some great plays, and he did make up for himself in the second half. But I yeah. didn't sit there and come away from that game and be like. Pfft, Joey Porter was locked down the entire game, you know? Towards the end of the game, he he played really, really well. He did. Um, but for me, Tom, when I look at it and as a quarterback, I I look at how much Johnny Dixon was struggling. Yes. And there was a game. blatant mismatch simply because of the assignment that Johnny Dixon had. I forget the name of the wide receiver, number five for Purdue, but he had a good five inches or something like that on Dixon. Yeah. And that I was like, just please somebody get Joey over there just to make up for the size differential. So that was, that was one of the things that I was looking at. I'm like, I can't believe they're continuing to waste downs, waste throws, trying to throw a quick game at Joey Porter Jr. When you know, Johnny Dixon is struggling right now, continue to go his way, continue to throw at him, you know? And, and one of the things too, that I was confused on, it was so much, uh, split safety zone coverage, right? A lot of cover two. They try to play two trap where they're, you know, cloud, cloud in the boundary or, or whatever. And they're playing that too high shell um, over top. And they're leaving those whole shots on the sidelines wide open, they're leaving the middle of the field wide open. Um, I was shocked, man. He stuck with that as long as he did because Purdue is having a ton of success with that. So that'll be something to keep an eye out moving forward. They continue to, to play that style of defense, or do they make adjustments moving forward and kind of go away from that? The secondary, I thought, altogether very, very sharp. Keaton Ellis looked really solid. I was very happy. Uh, Jair Brown as well was really good there. Um, Zaki Wheatley getting involved. Marquise Wilson looked really good, flying to the ball. Kalen King had some nice plays. Um, I, I am worried about Dixon just in terms of um, some of those size differential situations that he's going to run into. But for the most part, the secondary played pretty well. And we talked about it again on the preview is that O'Connell came into this game. He averaged 72% completion percentage last year. It's crazy. Penn State held him to about 50. He was mm -hmm. uh, 30 of 59, I believe, and he got his yards. Yeah, 30 of 59, 365 yards and a touchdown. And it's kind of like we make the adage in basketball, you'll give up 40 to Steph Curry, but you're going to try and lock down just every other member of the Golden State Warriors. So great. You can get your yards. Penn State did a nice job against the run. Darrow had his opportunities, but it wasn't it wasn't locked down in any way against the run. It wasn't necessarily um, dominant pressure just from putting four guys with their hands in the dirt and get after the quarterback. 
Manny Diaz, to his credit, you talk about some of the issues with uh, maybe the, the coverages, is that he was putting together a lot of different blitzes, and he was making Aiden O'Connell think, and O'Connell looked frustrated out there at times. What did you think about what Diaz was bringing in terms of pressure? The, the, there wasn't a lot of gimmies. Like he he worked he worked for a lot of those throws. Like even those again, I mentioned those whole shot throws to the sideline. Those are tough throws. You're throwing those into tight tight windows. There you're 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 throwing it behind a corner who there's nothing in front of him. He's continuing to drop and get depth. And you got to remember, there's a safety over a top. So you have to be accurate with that football. I mean, again, those are tight windows. So I mean, Manny Diaz made him work. He made him think. And one of the things too, and I know, you know people want to take a look at you know sacks or hurries or things like that. The, Penn State's defense, especially that front four, I thought played pretty well. I thought they were physical. I thought they did a really good job tonight. Remember, Purdue's offensive line, three returning starters. Um, you know, they, they have another guy by the name of Bo who plays guard, who they're very high on. They think he has potential to be a very good player at Purdue this year and moving forward. So that is one of the better offensive lines, I think, Tom, you're going to see in the Big Ten this year. And I thought Penn State did a fantastic job um, against it. But yeah, you're right. In terms of pressure, um, really good job of, as, as you said, making Aiden O'Connell think, making him work. You know, so many times throughout a game, Tom, like, you know, as a quarterback, you're thinking about this. What's it down in distance? Is he going to bring pressure? What's he doing here? If he brings this, this guy's going to drop. They may go to that two trap that they did. You get the ball and it's like, they didn't do that. All right, where am I going here next? You know, and I've always liked, you know, maybe if you're running 75 to 80 plays in a college football game as a quarterback, give me give me eight plays where I don't have to think anything. You know, whether it's a run, just call it and run it. Just let me kind of turn my brain off for a second mm -hmm. and and just take a breath. I don't think Aiden O'Connell had too many of those tonight because of Manny Diaz. Are you looking for undeniably good hair and beard care? Then Maestro's Classic is perfect for you. Maestro's has beard washes, beard oils, beard butters, plus hair gels and pomades. It's one brand for every man. Visit maestrosclassic.com. That's M-A-E-S-T-R-O-S classic.com and use our promo code paydirt15, paydirt15 at checkout for 15% off your order. Maestro's Classic, crafting a better you. No, and that's a very that's a very good quarterback, and he obviously has a lot of weapons uh, to utilize. Payne Durham is going to be a problem at the in the NFL. Oh my God, he, he's got a lot of ability. Um, let's talk about uh, Penn State's linebackers. Okay, night didn't didn't yeah. feel like the sharpest night. Um, Curtis Jacobs came off at one point with an injury. I thought he played a, a solid game. Jonathan Sutherland is adjusting to basically a brand new role. He's a the, the striker, he's a linebacker, he's a safety, he's a DB, you know, he's a little bit of everything. Um, Tyler Elsden uh, earlier this week was named the, the starting middle linebacker. Elsden, I think, was put in a lot of tough situations trying to cover yeah. guys that he should not be covering. Um, but what did you think about the linebacking court? No, I mean, the one that sticks out is that crossing route. Um, you know, Elsden just did not get wide enough in that coverage and, you know, that crossing route's able to sneak out the other side, which is a big play. Um, you know, I felt like in a lot of ways, Tom, I don't know if you agree with me or not, but they were, they, they just, they were, they were able to hide the, the linebackers inside of that, that defense. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, you have the defensive line of that secondary just kind of took over. And well, another thing I thought that was encouraging, you saw a lot of different guys get reps in the secondary. Oh yeah. There tonight. A lot Aquan of different Hardy again, lot, who we love. We've spoken his praises all last yep. season. He was great. 
A lot of different jersey numbers in there. A lot of guys making plays. A lot of guys getting reps. But I think that's going to be, at least for now, until that position improves at the linebacker spot, I think that's going to be Manny Diaz's way of trying to handle that is, you know, rotating guys in and out in the secondary, playing that striker position, playing dime more, things like that. So so we'll see if that, that trend continues. How confusing is that as a quarterback, you know, because Sean was dealing with it a little bit against uh, Purdue's secondary and that there were instances, I said, where Purdue was dropping seven guys in coverage and those guys can just float and they don't necessarily adhere to normal alignments and they know where they're going, but they're just going to change once the ball is snapped. How freaking difficult is that? Sometimes like when you get the ball and you see a certain coverage, but then you also see a guy standing there, it's like, move. <laughs> Like, please move, man. You're not supposed to be there. Please move. I need to throw the ball there. Uh, you know, because again, zone coverage, a lot of times you're, th- you're throwing to windows. And if you have a guy who's really good, who understands how to play a certain coverage in a certain position, well, he can cheat that coverage a little bit. He can cheat that position a little bit and float, you know, a- a- as you say, um, you know, um, but Purdue, yeah, P- Purdue has that, you know, and and their and their defense, they run a similar style with that striker hybrid role that Manny Diaz is trying to run, you know, at Penn State. So we'll see if Jonathan Sutherland will continue to get more and more comfortable and possibly, you know, develop into somebody who can can be one of those guys that floats in coverage because he's understanding how to play the position so well. Um, but it's tough, man. It's tough sometimes because you see coverage, you understand coverage, you know where you're supposed to go with the football, but sometimes it's just not there. So you have to have the patience to check it down. Um to not force throws, to not throw to windows that that aren't there, that aren't there, you know. And I think a few times tonight, Sean Sean did force a few throws, as as we saw. One was the overthrow pick. Yeah, and was obviously dealing with, as James Franklin said, cramps for the game. Uh, that shot mm-hmm. to the knee looked rough, brutal. Uh, so brutal. Uh, yeah, he's he's tough. I'll, I'll give him credit. He keeps coming back. Um, and even if that ticks off some Penn State fans, he led the game winning drive. And and this was a really confounding confusing hopeful game you know it's like what what do you ultimately take away from this because i want to be excited about this i want to be happy about this this was going into you know uh, a difficult game a difficult setting there at purdue winning on the road in week one now you get ohio u next week you have at auburn the week after then it's central michigan then you're into the meat again of the big 10 schedule so september is going to be kind of up and down but I, I want to take away a lot of positives from this game, and I do. But you, we talked about it, is that if Purdue doesn't blow it in terms of clock management there at the end, this could have been a very different outcome. What I take away from it is that, well, one, Purdue's a very good football team. They're going to win a lot of games this year, and they're still they're going to have a chance to win the West. I still believe that. I still believe that's a good team. They're going to continue to get better. Um, Penn State didn't fall apart. That's what I take away from this game, Tom. They continue to play. They continue to stick together one play at a time, one drive at a time. Um, you know, that's what was most impressive about this, right? Throughout all that stuff that went on throughout the course of the game, the ups and downs, the interceptions, the cramping, the injuries, you know, whatever it may be, you got the ball with an opportunity to win the game. You had the chance to be a hero. They went, they marched right down that football field, you know, still had two timeouts left with what they scored, which was extremely impressive. Um, just, yeah, I mean, that that's what you take away is that even when things aren't going well, when you're struggling as an offense, 
and you're in that moment, you still have a chance to win a football game and you deliver. Now you know you could do that. You know what you're capable of doing, right? And to have that happen so early in the season, to have that happen in week one, that's something that stays with you as the season goes on. Penn State will open the season, uh, open their home season, that is, with Ohio U. Ohio U will do a full preview on them as of this coming Friday. Um, so uh, make sure you turn on notifications and subscribe for that episode. But Ohio U always does damage in the max, so this is not necessarily a gimme, but at the same time, Penn State should win this game. Um, in regards to how much Sean Clifford plays in that game, how much are you comfortable with? Well, I mean, you know, he should be, he should play as long as they want him to play. You know, I mean, it's not if it's 48 to 10 and it's the fourth quarter, I, I take him out, you know, especially if he's not 100 percent. Right. If he's dealing with more than a cramp issue or, you know, if he's dealing with with this or that, if the game is out of reach and you want Allard to continue to be your quarterback moving forward, your backup quarterback moving forward. He's got to get game reps. He's got to get game experience. Um, so, yeah, I mean, once it gets out of hand, get him out of the game. You don't want unnecessary hits. You got to remember it's still earlier in this uh, early in the season. You're going to need him once Big Ten play starts, once you get in the middle of that season, especially late in the year. Um, but at the same time, if Allar is going to be your number two, he's got to get reps. He's got to get meaningful game reps. Here's my my point ultimately regarding that question is that last year we saw somewhat of a similar situation that on the road at Wisconsin, Sean Clifford got banged up through that game. Granted, didn't like completely come out of the game like he did in in this game against Purdue, um, but he definitely was banged up coming out of Wisconsin. And I believe Penn State played Villanova the week after. And this guy was saying, why is he playing? Because it was clear at that point, nothing against Veyer or any of his mm -hmm. backups, but that uh, Roberson, uh, nothing against them, is that it was clear Clifford there was a pretty big gap. Now that you've gotten a little taste of Drew Aller, I'm not saying Drew Aller should start the game, but I mean, see him by the third quarter, I think that would be pretty good. Because if you can't handle this Ohio U team, then you got a really big problem on your hands, obviously. But I personally wouldn't hate seeing Sean for the first half, keep him healthy and get Drew in there. And let's not risk the long-term health of Sean Clifford because we've seen the the high-end peaks and the, the low valleys of what yeah. Sean can be. It's frustrating. Here's the thing, too. Like, it's got, like, like the game has to be out of hand to do that. Like, if it's 35, it let's has say it's to like be 35, out of hand you know, for Franklin to do that. Yeah. Yeah. And like, let's say it's 35, nothing, whatever it is. And you take Sean Clifford out. Next thing you know, it's 35, seven, 35, 14, and then get injured, you know, right in, right in week two, you know? Um, so it's definitely a tough thing, you know, to, to, to try to figure out as you're going, but you know, you, you do play to win the game, you know? Um, so your starter is going to be out there until the lead's comfortable enough where you can then circle guys in who, who do need that game experience. Big picture. The rest of the season, I talked about the Big Ten schedule really kicks off in October. Do you feel more optimistic after this game or more concerned? Um, I, I do feel more optimistic now. I really do. And again, you know, we, we, we've talked about it for weeks now, Tom, the question marks on the offense, question marks on the defense. Well, you know, I was I was impressed with some of the offensive line play, especially in pass protection, I was. I thought the young running backs did a great job. I, they they didn't look like freshman running backs. They really didn't. Um, you know, um, Sean certainly has some things he needs to work on. 
Um, you know, but I think his experience um, and the fact that he's a leader, I think that's going to help him moving forward. I think that him knowing that he has a support from the team and the coaching staff is going to help him moving forward. Um, you know, defensively, the secondary, I mean, you know, what else are you going to say about the secondary? You know, they're, they're, they're in fantastic shape. They have depth. I think the D line is going to be fine as well. My only concern moving forward is how is that middle portion of your defense, the linebacker, the high, the hybrid striker spot, how is that going to continue to play out? And could that spot potentially be exposed as you get, you know, further and further, you know, on in this season? Penn State wins its season opener on the road at Purdue by a score of 35 to 31. Next week, they open up at home against the Ohio U Bobcats. That'll be at noon on ABC. We will have a full preview episode of that game available this Friday. Thanks for joining us, everybody. We appreciate it. Thank you all so much for joining us. We'll be back on ESPN Radio State College on Fridays and Mondays from 4 p.m. to 5 p.m. Eastern, beginning on Friday, September 9th. If you want to check out the podcast version of this show presented by the Believe Network, this episode and our entire library of shows is available now on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, and wherever else you get your podcasts. And of course, let us know what you think of the show on Twitter at ESPN Radio 1037, at McGloin QB 11, and at Tom Hannafin. Pater is presented by Bet Online and by Funk Brewing. Thanks again, everyone, and join us next week for more Pater. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.